Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Bread in the Wilderness podcast from the Cathedral Church of St. Mark in Salt Lake City. I'm Tyler. I'm Holly. And uh, in this episode of Eat This Book, uh, with apologies, of course, to Abby Hoffman, we uh, are going to pray our way through the scriptures appointed for year A, proper 25. That's the Sunday closest to October 26th uh, in the style of Lexio Divina, teasing out uh, words, phrases, uh, sometimes images to ponder in our heart with Mary, um, to discern uh, a little bit of who and how this God of ours is and who uh, this loving God of ours is calling us to be. So uh, as is our custom, uh, we will uh, open with the the Collect for Holy Scriptures, and then I'll pray the Collect of the Day. So the Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, who caused all Holy Scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, increase in us the gifts of faith, hope, and charity, and that we may obtain what you promise, make us love what you command. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. What do you hear there, Holly? Make us love what you command. Uh, How do you hear that? Well, what I think it's saying, I wonder if I wonder how <laughs> I wonder how it's heard. Uh, make and command. Uh, you could hear this as coercion, um, and I think that's really not what it is. But a petition to God to order our loves. Uh, to love us into being loving. To teach us what God commands. Uh, the greatest Commandments being to love God and neighbor, of course. Yeah, that is where we're going. <laughs> uh, this will come up in the gospel. Faithful. I think pointing to the idea that uh, even the commandment to love is something that God does in us. <laughs> right. So charity uh, is not what you do with a little... Boys and Girls Club of America. I mean, it can be that, but charity is old-timey language for love, right? Yes. Faith, hope, and love. Yes. These are the three, what they call theological virtues, right? Mm -hmm. And um, the reason... I actually have never heard anybody say love doesn't to loving. That's how I talk about it. It's first John. 
Yeah. God first loved us. I know. That's why we love. But I have literally never heard anybody talk about the way that is worked in us is that we're loved into loving other people. Um, uh, And the reason I bring that up is because when you listen to the, hear Faith, Hope, and Charity, the three theological virtues, that sounds like an immense um, set of like uh, self-improvement tasks mm-hmm. that you have to devote yourself cultivate to. faith cultivate cultivate hope, cultivate, cultivate cultivate charity right and you work on do, it do do yeah uh-huh. um, and so yeah, the reason why like I talk like that is because I just there's like a few people who I've read who talk about it that way I mean, to be honest, and like it's been a source of great pleasure in my life when I come across somebody mm-hmm. else who says, makes me see that I'm maybe not as crazy as I think I am. It's very much in the whole tradition. <laughs> People get it so wrong. I don't, okay. but, I mean, but you're not crazy to say that. That's like the whole way. David Benner is uh-huh. one person who talks like that. Um, Ruth Burroughs uh-huh. talks like that. St. Teresa talks about the virtues as the flower of prayer. Yeah. Not something we work on. But prayer, like, so the, but the people here are the flower of prayer, and they say, well, I don't pray. I should pray more, and that's another doing. Mm. Another work. Another work. Um, so... And honestly, like if a, go read a book on virtue ethics and see if it's not about cultivating the virtues. And Teresa of Avila herself talks very much about the necessity, and Ruth Burroughs, mm-hmm. uh, about, you know, of cultivating certain things. And I think I am probably a little bit extreme in my aversion to any... Mm form uh, of cultivation because I, I think that any form of cultivating anything ultimately comes from a place of self-centeredness and fear and lack and I think if we trust enough and surrender uh, in love to love then yeah what needs to be worked in us will be worked in us uh, and we don't need to know too much about it and in fact knowing too much about what we're mm. cultivating, ah. just right. Sure, it comes this house of, with self-consciousness. Yeah, this house of mirrors where, yeah, you know, hey, look, it's me. Being so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think what a lot of <laughs> the saints are talking about in cultivation is the same thing you're talking about in practice. They just mean discipline. They just mean putting yourself in the way. Not, not that, that they are doing it. They're, they're monastics, a lot of them, right? That's what they, that's all they mean with cultivation. But apart from practice, then it becomes this awful self-directed violence. And when you say practice, what do you, like, clarify what you mean for people? Uh, habits of prayer, the daily office, immersion in scripture, time in silence, 
uh, and when you work and loving service to the neighbor, <laughs> giving of time, talent, and treasure. Good. But then, like, in the practice of prayer, say, are you talking about saying prayers? Hmm. Prayer as welling up in the spirit within us. Taking many possible forms. Could be vocal prayer, uh, but doesn't have to be. Could be sighs too deep for words. Simply resting in God's presence. Okay. So that's not a work. No! Yeah. It's not something you have to do. You don't have to say your prayers. You'd have to sit down. <laughs> Again, mark some time. Remember. Right? That's, that's the cultivation part, or the, the discipline. Yeah. To give it the frame. Thomas Keating used to say that the only way you can fail at uh, contemplative prayer is to get up and walk away. Yeah. Uh, but the commitment is simply to put yourself in the way. Mm -hmm. uh, to step into the stream, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. uh, and to remain there. And when you notice yourself, caught up in thinking just to open the hand of thought and be there simply poorly mm -hmm. um, but it's from that that space of actual like doing nothing that like that's a gesture of faith mm -hmm. yes that is a gesture of hope yes and that is a gesture of love. Yes. That's, like, so all I'm saying, like, I don't, I don't mean to, like, say, like, hey, I'm a freaking genius here. I'm just saying, I don't hear a lot of people saying that being still, quiet, letting go of thoughts, um, and um, giving ourselves to way to, a way to God is how, is a gesture of faith. They, they say, oh, that's navel-gazing. Or I'm a, I'm a Martha type, and that's not for me. Mm. Um, how could love ever come from you sitting there falling asleep in your chair? Uh, you know, what's so hopeful about being still? God. I mean, that's what people say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> trying to make me crazy. <laughs> No, but that I is the only place real hope could ever come from. <laughs> and everything else is oh, false hope. Why? Oh, because it's dependent on our, on our own effort, on ourselves. It's, oh. Like, we're the problem, right? Us and our efforts and our doings, it's all the... And our story and yeah. our swirl of self and the way we've always done it, the way we're trapped in it, the thing we're always doing to ourselves and to everyone we ever meet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. This... That, that, <laughs> that is despair, that causes despair, that... Uh, causes the horrors that to which we respond with despair um, and how can we undo it through more of the same can't what's that stupid thing the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again expecting different results right 
or the mind that created the problem can't answer the problem. Right, that's yeah. Einstein, I think. Yeah, but the, no, question, no worthy question was ever answered in the, the frame it was yeah. posed. Um, and we kind of got into this a little bit in the, we had an interesting discussion in Bestry yesterday about, because we were, you know, you're praying for the, earth, the victims of the earthquake in Afghanistan and what has erupted Israel, Palestine, and then somebody mentioned, well, how come we stop praying for uh, people in Ukraine? Right? Sure. And we weren't really aware that we had stopped praying for the people of Ukraine, but they didn't know. make the list but, <laughs> or something, you know? But maybe it wasn't explicitly said. Um, but, like, mm -hmm. it's the same kind of thing. Like, um, if we think that the salvation of the world or that the way to the kingdom or a lasting uh, peace, peace in our time, as that hymn said yesterday. Mm. Um, is through our efforts we're thinking the right thoughts, like God help us. God help us. Um, and so like salvation actually consists in large part of seeing through the um, ultimately always self-centered and self-serving nature of our thought, thoughts mm -hmm. and conceptions, right? Uh, and releasing those so that God's work can be done in and through us. Um, But that's, I guess that's a pretty scary thing for 21st century human beings, sort of like really. It is something we can't control. In their heads. Yeah. But our, <laughs> the kind of faith or hope or charity that we could control oh. uh, would be, it's, so small, it's so weak, it's so fragile, it has to be done and protected and maintained and imposed. It's, they're not, not sturdy. Uh, like, you know, Paul's insistence that hope that is seen is not hope. No. When you think hope where it's, I hope I get the certain outcome. Uh, that you could name, that you can see clearly, that you know exactly what you want. Uh, that is not hope. Uh, or, I mean, how, how often does the, you know, like faith that is from coming from that same place. Right. It's like, uh, you know, when, you, when you're at the funeral and you get the, the scripture, rejoice, I say rejoice, and then, you know, and people say, oh, I have to I have to be happy in the face of my grief and my loss. See, yeah. I'm so happy. Otherwise, yeah, I'm not faithful. Like, right. That grief can be so faithful. <laughs> right, but yeah. it's sort of when we when we approach it as like something we do, then it becomes a particular right. attitude and a performed set of feelings. You have to and try to believe harder and yeah. maintain your composure. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, like I mean, it's, same gesture. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and not seen. I mean, right? Again, it's it's not. 
hour, hours to do. I know. I'm just pushing on this because I think it's really, I think what's most toxic about the way we do some of this stuff is, um, has never been there to begin with. And we've just gone along mm-hmm. with fundamental misunderstanding. Yes. That these are, you know, things we do by our own efforts, that we perform uh, well or badly, that we can succeed at or mm-hmm. fail at. Mm-hmm. If we fail, we just try harder next time. Mm-hmm. And really, the last thing. will do is just what sit open receive allow yield trust trust yeah. let go of the reins mm-hmm. um, not be in control let God pray in us let yeah. it flower as whatever yeah RB Ruth Burroughs uh-huh. Um, she says God is uh, work is God's God <laughs> prayer is God's prayer is God's work, work in us yeah um, that it's got nothing to do with techniques or gurus or anything like that because it's primarily relationship right? mm-hmm. um, and so and beware of trying to turn it into some sort of achievement or work well I know like we do pastoral counseling for people getting married and stuff but and I, and I realize I do that there are certain things in certain people's marriages that need to be worked on sure but I have to say <laughs> I think my wife and I have a pretty good relationship I must and we have never worked on our relationship mm. because we're in relationship and you both pray <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, but I like having to work at relationships seems to almost like mean you're not in relationship. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Relationship like works on you or something. Mm-hmm. It's like the other way around. Yeah. Thinking of if that might aunt's house a couple summers ago it was really sick I was laying on her couch and she was making dinner for our whole family and we were talking about Mary and Martha mm-hmm. and, um, she's not Episcopalian uh, and she's talking about how she's really trying to be more like Mary really really <laughs> trying to be more like Mary and the one thing necessary yeah, working so hard, <laughs> cumbered by much serving, right? Distracted by many tasks, trying to... And, ooh, yeah, so we were talking about, and I think sort of between the two of us, we're able to see something about how maybe you could try less. Uh, maybe Mary's kneeling, receiving at the foot of Jesus. That's, that's the only sense in which you could try uh, <laughs> to be with the one thing necessary. Um, yeah, the. I mean, it gets. I, I, that just comes up as we think about effort yeah. as an escape from the actual well, encounter. 
the omnis, right? Yeah. Omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent. Um, omnipresent means that we God doesn't know how to be absent. Yes. And is present always, everywhere, in all, every time, every place, um, including here and now, right? Mm-hmm. In me. So, mm-hmm. like, in a way, like, and this is where I'm, I would push back on, like, because a lot of the saints will talk about, you know, this journey to God, sure. seeking God. I mean, I get that. You know, the ladder of divine ascent. I've got, I've got a picture of it up here somewhere. And doesn't it inspire you? <laughs> it does not inspire me. Uh, yeah. Like, in a certain way, the seeking and the trying is actually... Uh, moves us further away because it creates this object that we're trying to get to when we're already immersed mm-hmm. in it already. Like the fish who... You know, mm-hmm. how's the water today, boys? And you know, and then the fish says, you know, what the hell's water? Right. The, the David swimming Foster through Wallace. it. Yeah. What is yeah. what is this water you're talking like? Right. It's also Thomas Keating that the chief thing that separates us from God is the thought that we are separate from God. Right? It's a thought. Yes. <laughs> it's not the reality. God is already with us. Can't be. And it's a separate. thought that we believe and take to be true. And we see the world only through the lens of that single thought. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to do that. You don't have to believe that thought. You really don't. Yeah. And you don't have to identify mm-hmm. with that thought. And when we don't identify with that thought, we see through the thought. Um, where is seeking then? Like, mm-hmm. uh, where do you, how far do you need to go to mm-hmm. get to God then? Who is seeking? <laughs> no, like yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, the reason I push back on that is just that I... Even if people have said it badly, this is not an innovation. Uh, this is always the essence of tradition, that it's by grace, that it's God's work. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a recovery project, not uh, some new twist to say that we're loved into loving. No. The only person I ever heard say that was a psychotherapist, and they were talking about psychotherapy, mm-hmm. not the gospel. Mm. And I think we, I don't know, I think uh, the way that Capon um, shows us our, um, what, highly addictive habit of turning free grace into transactional exchange. in the same way, I think we always want to turn the spiritual journey, I mean, it's a stupid term, yeah. uh, into some heroic work of some 
you know, pious seeker, mm-hmm. risking all to. Yeah. And uh, it's all just a little much mm-hmm. for me. And, you know, whether it's just pious hagiography in terms of lives of the saints or, or whatever, you know. Um, it doesn't often just sound like don't believe your thoughts and let yourself be loved into loving. There's a lot of heroism mm-hmm. and uh, asceticism and grandiosity, ladder climbing and specialness and um, uh, spiritual elitism um, and it, it starts to create this picture that uh, holiness and sanctification is the work of a um, the work of uh, an elect few of uh, spiritual athletes who um, are just head and shoulders above the rest of us schleps who kind of just have to muddle through and be contented with mm-hmm. their lot. Um, and um, if it's true that um, only if Christianity is going to survive, then the Christian of the 20th century will be the, the next 100 years will be a mystic. And you got to get over that illusion mm-hmm. of spiritual athletes and elitist mm-hmm. uh, specialness in the life of prayer sure. um, and bring it down to earth. And I think the way you do that is uh, by saying you were never doing it to begin with mm-hmm. and there's actually nothing to do and nowhere to go. Because mm-hmm. like the uh, and Mary and Martha are sisters of one household. There's no separation. Yeah. 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 It's the vocation of every Christian to contemplation. Mm-hmm. That's a long <laughs> excursus on the All right. collect. Do you have anything else you want to talk about in the collect? Or collect? I'm just kidding. See how long? So... What do we got here? Leviticus. So it's Leviticus 19, 1 to 2, 15 to 18. So remember, you're tying this into a stewardship sermon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord, God am holy. <clears throat> you shall not render an unjust judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. With justice you shall judge your neighbor. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not profit by the blood of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate in your heart any one of your kin. You shall reprove your neighbor, or you will incur guilt yourself. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
I'm thinking of the Gloria. Uh, you only are the Holy One, mm -hmm. right? I am the Lord. And all human holiness is borrowed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, like a is, wedding garment. Uh-huh. Participates in the holiness of God. So I like this formulation of, you shall be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. I know people get... to likeness, yeah. you could say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people get all antsy about imputed righteousness, but that's all that Luther was trying to... Because they see it as extrins and extrinsic mm -hmm. and get all fussy about it, that they want more of a sort of participatory kind of picture of how the human being participates mm -hmm. in, the, in the, the righteousness of God. But, I mean, it's that same thing. It's... It's given, gifted, it clothes us. Mm -hmm. um. Yeah, increased in us as a gift, just like faith, hope, and charity. And when, yeah, and when we're clothed in that, this is what it looks like, right? Mm -hmm. But again, like, Think of how, like, so that's like literally what Leviticus says, right? But when you hear, when you, when you ask, what's Leviticus? Oh, well, that's the 613 laws of Levitical code that you better, that you follow in order to be mm. a good, observant Jew. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's not what that's the actual scriptures say. No. Yeah. They say, like, when I make you holy... It looks like this. Uh-huh. Yeah. All of these being kind of underwritten with col like the description and then colon, I am the Lord. <laughs> no, <laughs> That's how this happens. Right. You shall not go around as a slanderer. You shall not profit by the blood of your neighbor. I am the Lord. That's yeah. the only way that can happen. <laughs> yeah. But so weird, right? Yeah. That like that's not how yeah. And like how many times have we heard the Ten Commandments? Uh, just mm -hmm. the paraphrase here is maybe just by the novelty reveals how relational these are. Mm. Um, not arbitrary prescriptions, but <laughs> about justice and um, it's what love looks like when treating yeah. poor and great with justice alike, not being. <laughs> Slanderous or exploitative. So an individual yeah. and communal yeah. flourishing at the same time. Um, but like think like you brought the Ten Commandments. So like on either side of the altar, right? Do you ever? Yes. Old old timey. Yeah. Lord's uh, Prayer. Right? Uh, Ten Commandments on either side there. And then um, I remember, like, very explicitly, like, that's what you need to do in order for mm. God to love you. 
those are the steps of the ladder that you climb. To get to God. Uh-huh. Who is elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And is just waiting for you to mm. perform those, you know, wonderful sure. spiritual backflips, which, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Hold up a card at the end. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Seven. Mary Lou Retton. She recovered from her. Oh, yeah. Very rare form of pneumonia. She was on life support. Oh. Yeah. She's before your time. Yes. <laughs> Gymnast won a bunch of medals in 1984 Olympics. The Russians weren't there, so it diminished the achievement, but still. But still. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, like... So what do the Ten Commandments look like? What are the, what are the how do we read the, the the rules that come up in the Leviticus? Uh, if they're not works that we do, but something worked in us, right? Mm-hmm. I think the the exact detail sometimes feels exacting detail in which all of these commandments are described uh, becomes not kind of the landmines of the million ways to mess up um, but um, just a call to attentiveness and his care eyes, his eyes on the sparrow man yeah like it, it's that detail yeah uh, it's not uh, especially with like the household cold code stuff. It's not God hates you if you stir your tea the wrong way, right? Like it's yeah. it's but it's it's pay attention to how you stir your tea. Because that can pay be attention a, to everything. That is a good work. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's an offering that you're making. And the implicit thing is like um, you know, if we know how to be loving in small things, we can be loving in the big things, right? Mm-hmm. Um and to expect that you can just kind of coast your way through your life kind of distractedly unseeing and not paying a lot of attention and then show up wholeheartedly in the big moment and then just suddenly knock it out of the park like that just doesn't happen yeah um that is like kind of a delusional way to sort of think about what it means to be a human being i think but Mm -hmm. or a person of faith and so like sometimes yeah, you're on the barricades, right? Uh, and other times, the most loving thing is actually like paying attention to the doorknob and opening the door mm-hmm. gently, closing it gently, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, taking the can out of the trash bin and putting it in the, the recycle or whatever it is. Sure. Like, so, but we tend to think of loving acts as like, only when I'm taking off my coat and giving it to this poor yeah. and you know if you live somewhere where you don't have a lot of encounter with people with who don't have coats then you're never actually asked to do that and hmm. you know what I'm saying? yeah yeah But if you don't practice seeing it, you also will not see the person who doesn't have a coat. You won't. Like you, you will not see, see that door- person either. If you don't see yeah. the doorknob, you're not going to see yeah. the person. Like, yeah. There's this uh, person, this, I think she's in New York. I 
What's the thing where you look at the person, you don't look down at your hand, and you draw? Do you know? Oh, you yeah. Do a portrait? Um, it's called something. It's like a contour drawing. Uh, where it's all lift, in one line. And you, Yeah, you can't lift your hand. Blind contour. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's doing that. I want to say it's New York or San Francisco. Yeah. But she's doing it, and uh, she said that the drawings are crazy, but mm -hmm. it's all about seeing the person in front of you for the first time. Mm -hmm. Now, my brother has a 10th grader in pre-calc uh, doing the, blonde, the blind contour Friday drawings with his friends of the pre-calc teacher who okay. was perhaps not loving attention. <laughs> <laughs> but I take your point. <laughs> but she's, this woman has set up a table yeah. on the sidewalk and asks two strangers to come up and just look at each other and draw each other's faces. Amazing, yeah. Yeah, and she's seeing that as like her, like kind of, that this act of loving attention to the mm -hmm. other um, is what's gonna heal her city. Mm -hmm. Like that's, and it's, it's that same kind of like craziness that, you know, that would be like, you know, it, it, it matters, like, what you do with your, your mint and your dill. Mm -hmm. It matters how you open a door. Mm -hmm. um, like, paying attention can be, is a sacramental act. Mm -hmm. And that if we do it Attention this, is love. Yeah. Straight up. <laughs> what is it? Absolutely unmixed attention is prayer. Yes. Simone Bay. So, like... Psalm 1. All right. Are we doing it responsibly by whole verse? Yes. Okay. Happy are they who have not walked in the counsel of the wicked, nor lingered in the way of sinners, nor sat in the seats of the scornful. Their delight is in the law of the Lord, and they meditate on his law day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, bearing fruit in due season, with leaves that do not wither. Everything they do shall prosper. It is not so with the wicked. They are like chaff which the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked shall not stand upright when judgment comes, nor the sinner in the counsel of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked is doomed. I hope people can hear that as just like purely descriptive, straight up honest, <laughs> like the way of the wicked is doomed. Uh, like chaff, which the wind blows away. Like, this is not the way to flourishing in love. Uh, choose life. Mm -hmm. We don't have to invent or read in some sort of external imposed divine punishment. That's not what this is saying. No. It's talking about where we're planted, right? Mm-hmm. The Asher. Blessed, happy. Mm-hmm. Hebrew Asher. Is that flourishing? Mm -hmm. That's what the law is for. Yes. Um, 
reflection kind of in, in human life of the, the love of God. Yep. So it's in like the song, the Psalm one. You kind of get this like basic direction, right? Like it's about happiness, blessedness, flourishing. Mm-hmm. Um, flourishing like a tree planted by a stream of water, rooted in God's presence. And yes, then bearing fruit in due season when we're planted there. Mm-hmm. All the virtues are worked in us. They come forth. Yeah. And there's a, yeah, there's a durability. Yeah. Or what's the term these days? Resiliency? Mm. Isn't that what you have to take workshops on? Being resilient? Yeah. Um, But the idea, like, those leaves that do not wither, right? Yep. Um, planted in the streams of living water, <clears throat> rooted in God and all that, there's uh, a peace that passes understanding, mm-hmm. if you want to put it that way. Steadiness. Steadiness, stability. And then there's like when we trust only in ourselves and it all depends on us and our efforts then uh, that's kind of this like hopeless project that yep. eventually just gets scattered by the winds. A little bit of wind a little bit of noonday sun mm-hmm. oof mm-hmm. wipes it out I remember actually reading someone who's talking about his, uh, his prayer life and he got incredibly ill like kind of almost died basically DDT poisoning. Oh. Uh, ironically enough, had um, moved to this farm and decided to grow all their own food and you know live off the grid and mm-hmm. have this whole organic lifestyle. And then the well that they had been drinking from had, um, and this was just what farmers did back in the fifties. They just buried any DDT they didn't <laughs> spray on the ground in the ground. Okay. And it got in the groundwater and gave him this horrible immune autoimmune disease. His body basically like kind of like ate itself. But uh, he was talking about how he got so sick that he couldn't pray in the way mm-hmm. that he had always prayed because mm. it took way too much effort. It was too hard. It was too hard. He was doing too much. He was doing too much. And he realized, actually, that if if it's something I can't do when I'm really sick, then (laughs) this isn't going to... So he'd been approaching prayer as like backflips and like being a trapeze artist and being able to perform these, Mm -hmm. you know, wonderful feats. And... Then he's cut down, brought low, and he had to uh, learn uh, what it's like to pray from that small little place of God praying in him, not mm-hmm. 
so much his efforts, but his prayers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. But that's often how it goes. It seems that mm-hmm. I don't know. Self effort dies hard. Seems a very male thing to me. <laughs> No, I think it's pretty common. Because <laughs> it's about control. And, yeah. You get it. It's always yeah. fun okay. to point out when the done this sometimes at quiet days or sitting group in the evenings after the bell rings okay what did you just stop doing uh-huh right yeah. now that prayer is over what did you release and stop the effort mm-hmm. of yeah in your in your praying and you know uh what if you didn't do that <laughs> yeah what if you never cooked that up to begin with yeah. Yeah, like what if all strategies for how to connect or experience or whatever God's presence were just actually forms of avoidance? Mm-hmm. Like then what? <laughs> What's prayer then? Like how poor do you have to be? Uh-huh. Pretty poor. Mm-hmm. And, and no bag, no staff, no sandals. Yeah. 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 And like, yeah. Pretty rich too. Is the other thing. That's the whole mm-hmm. deal. Mm-hmm. Um, First Thessalonians. Yeah. Are you going to give us a little historical critical excursus? On... I wasn't planning on that. No. Okay. You yourselves know, brothers and sisters, that are coming to you <laughs> not in vain. That though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated in Philippi, as you know, we had courage in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in spite of great opposition. For our appeal does not spring from deceit or impure motives or trickery, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the message of the gospel, even so, we speak not to please mortals, but to please God who tests our hearts, as you know. And as God is our witness, <clears throat> we never came with words of flattery or with a pretext for greed, nor do we seek praise from mortals, whether from you or from others, though we might have made demands of apostles as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, like a nurse tenderly caring for her own children. So deeply do we care for you that we are determined to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also ourselves, because you have become very dear to us. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
totally wild and true that sharing the gospel of God flourishes in a community of love. Sharing not only the gospel, but also our own selves. Oh. You've become very dear to us. sometimes even against our will mm, totally yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you find yourself uh, loving people you don't much like mm -hmm. finding yourself thinking someone is quite dear to you who years before you, know, you couldn't even be in the same room with them all mm -hmm. this kind of stuff Yeah. This is not a kind of intellectualized, propositional understanding of the gospel as kind of proclamation of words alone. Uh, it's everything far, wide ranging, embodied uh, word of freedom, right? Good news for the captives. Um, all the ways that we're stuck and trapped and unable to live together or even live with ourselves. Uh, the gospel flourishes in this, in true sense, beloved community. Yeah, and in a sense, right, like, beloved community is the result of the beloved at its center. Yes. Beloved community is an outflowing yes. of uh, the relationship mm. to what's at its center. Um, and so if one wants to build beloved community, you better know the you beloved. You can <laughs> be immersed in that relationship at its center, but there's not a lot of other... I mean, it is hard. I don't mean that it's not rigorous, but it's not something you do. But like I, I bet you we are like a year away from some church manual, some book, you know, eighty pages, seven chapters, by church publishing goes for twelve ninety nine. Be perfect for an Advent study, mm -hmm. um, and it's going to be all about um, strategies, techniques um, of how to create. Uh, beloved community in your parish, or mm -hmm. it's it's gonna it's like it's literally it's like <laughs> ten seconds from being operationalized, yeah. and you know, and that's what we want to do because we want to be in control and we want to mm -hmm. be the ones executing. Yeah, pun intended. Like beloved community. On other people, right? Um, and that's the very opposite of what. Yeah. But that there's plenty we end up doing, but it's as we're given to those good works. Mm -hmm. It's 
Christ ministry of reconciliation, which gets entrusted to, lived, lived through in us, but it's not something we can take up with the hammer to build by ourselves. Seven Habits of Beloved Community. I'm going to write the book and you become should. a millionaire. Yeah. And retire after that. Uh -huh. I'll send you a postcard. Thanks. But you remember, like, Dostoevsky, Only Beauty Saves the World. Yeah. We're Made Beautiful by the Beautiful One. Yes. All this stuff, like, um, but how quickly beloved community just becomes, like, this other buzzword. Yeah. Uh, in the wake, really, of, of George Floyd. Um, so it, it kind of gets used as a... Assuaging white guilt. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, see, I'm hip to it, you know, and then uh, it gets operationalized, turned into some techniques of management, yeah. and you get further and further away from the streams. Mm -hmm. It's the tree planted by the streams of water. And if, if you really want to get kind of punchy about it, um, I think that sort of whole managerial mindset is actually chaffed that it's the wind death. blows away. Yeah. yeah. It's wicked. Yeah. Because it's forgotten its source. Yeah. And it's it trusts in itself a lot. It does. Yeah. It's crazy, but that's, I mean, I think that's like, if we're going to use words like that, like, what they actually mean. <laughs> and we gotta like actually practice the habits and the dispositions that allow us to be made beautiful by the beautiful one. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, um, it's just words and some kind of like strange virtue signaling. Mm -hmm. uh, that, you know. That often seems to be trying to skip past the, the painful place of repentance and lamentation that is the actual work of racial reconciliation for mm -hmm. most white Christians in America. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And also like being with that one who ain't so very dear to us <laughs> for a long time yeah. until that dearness Herbals up or something, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Like uh, the solidarity with, the being with. Yeah. Through thick and thin kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like a nurse. Yeah. Is this a nurse who has children or is this a, a nurse of. Yeah. Makes me think of Moses' mother. Mm. Gets hired as the mm -hmm. wet nurse for her own child. The drawn from water. Drawn right? from water. Matthew 22, 34 to 46. <clears throat> when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, 
which commandment of the law is the greatest? He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first greatest and first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them this question. What do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. He said to them, how is it then that David, by the Spirit, calls him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put my enemies under your feet. If David thus calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one was able to give him an answer, nor from that day did anyone dare ask him any more questions. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. <laughs> Do you know that joke about the Pharisees and Sadducees that don't believe in the resurrection of the Sadducee? Do you know that whole stupid no. thing? Good. So I'll spare you. <laughs> uh. So this is like after Palms. Sunday, after yes. the triumphant entry. These past few weeks are all in this very final week. And it's like this like total, like Jesus on collision course with the cross okay. and the religious authorities. Um, and like it's really the context um, is like they're trying to find any excuse to catch him out, right? Mm -hmm. And to um, execute him. Execute him. Yeah. Um, actually, I was, because I was writing for this mm -hmm. week, I guess. Mm -hmm. And um, Capon was, the, the, the gospel was um, what we talked about in the last <clears throat> podcast. But the, he said that to read the render unto Caesar. What is Caesar's and render to God what is God's? Um, to read it as this like, you know, carefully thought out response, you know, uh, between church and state is to entirely miss the point. Like he said that this is the whole point of this is Jesus is wriggling out of the net mm -hmm. um, that the religious authorities have are repeatedly trying to trap him in um, and that um, like the main I mean for Capon the, the main thing to take away from these encounters is from what I gather like uh, uh, an enactment of like what happens when love comes into the world mm -hmm. um I mean, these aren't just innocent questions. So, no. Right? And right. they're trying to catch him out, trap him, yeah. and kill him so that their hold on power will continue unthreatened. Uh huh. Very obsessive, intellectualized questions. 
Do you know anything about those? Never heard of her. It's <laughs> <laughs> a way of missing the point, though, right? Mm-hmm. Missing the person. Yeah. But also, like, they, they can be necessary, useful. Yeah. Like, if that's the kind of mind you have, then you gotta... Then it has to be undone there. Yeah. Yeah. I think. It seems that way. But what do you see, what do you see going on here? I'm kind of wondering what's the trap in the first question? Maybe I'm just too used to having heard Jesus' answer answer of this summary of the law. Mm. Um, you know? What's so trappy about that? Yeah. I'm not sure the question is trappy, but I think it's it's this just like part of the interrogation. The whole sort of frame is like Kind of like a gotcha journalist kind of moment, yeah. just waiting testing for him. Which is, but on the other hand, that's also just that's the nature of how you know rabbinical scholars interact. It's that sort of answer a question with a mm-hmm. question kind of repartee right. and right in different contexts. Uh, not leading so directly to murder, right? Uh, it's banter. It's fun. It's mm-hmm. play between people well versed in the scriptures. Yeah. But I wonder about. But it, to like, test him, the the motive. Well, I wonder. Yeah. Like, I just think about it. Like, um, I was just thinking about, like, say, like a prisoner being taken out of his cell. And walk doing the walk to the electric chair or the the place of execution, you know. Yeah. Like it's kind of like <laughs> sometime before that last meal of you know hamburger, fries, and a Coca Cola mm-hmm. and whatever it is. You're asking, I don't know, at the very least, it's like, turning the person into like, some kind of object Mm -hmm. to be novelty on display. Mm-hmm. Circus freak, make and dance, something like that. I don't know. Is that too weird to read? That's a kind of a weird reading of it. But it also is the summary of the law, right? It's yeah. <laughs> he's not wrong. No. Uh, yeah. He's not. Quotes the Shema. Hear, O Israel, um, you command to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. 
On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So that should show us what? Where faith, hope, and charity come from? Mm -hmm. Toward what the law actually points? Love. Yeah. <laughs> A life of loving surrender to God and loving service to neighbor. That's where we find our blessedness and our happiness in Psalm mm -hmm. 1. Uh, that, that any of the law and the prophets apart from that are unmoored. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's, that's where the strategies and programs and uh, church vision <laughs> programming, uh, you can see that as, you know, not having been hung properly on mm -hmm. on these two commandments or, or planted at the place where the cool strings flow. Right. Did I ever tell you my, that story about Rowan Williams when my rector asked him we just finished doing a strategic plan for our parish and he had an audience with Archbishop Canterbury and he asked him um, so what's your strategic plan for the Church of England and <laughs> he like didn't know what the hell he was talking about he looked at him and said strategic plan and that was it <laughs> and yeah my rector, I mean, he gets a lot of stuff done, I gotta say that, and my goodness, um, knows how to grow a parish and, and all that. Um, but Rowan Williams just did not think of the church in those terms, mm. or his, his office as archbishop in, in those terms. That like, having a plan might be the very thing that gets in the way of Loving God <laughs> and the neighbor, you know. Uh -huh. I don't know. What so would you do with your one question for Rowan Williams? For you know? Rowan Williams? Yeah, I don't think it would be strategic plan. What a waste. No. <laughs> I don't know. Can I poke you in the tummy? Right. Let's see if you're as much How long does it take bear. to grow those eyebrows, man? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. The Messiah, whose son is he? There's this ongoing dispute uh, on whether uh, Jesus is claimed to be the Son of God, and is that blasphemous, right? Which is the source of the conflict back in First Thessalonians, just if people are wondering. But yeah. Right. Am I allowed to I say that we're like just a few weeks away from Advent? Mm, we are. In which, which means that we will be leaving Matthew's Gospel for oh. a little while and engaging again with the 
Gospel of Mark, right? I think so. Yeah, so. All right. I just feel, I, I've, I've come to love Matthew over time, but there's certain, after a while, sometimes I just, like, I don't have a lot to say sometimes with some of these. Mm-hmm. I find it just a little difficult. Just as well, a, to preach in general. To preach. Especially this kind of latter end of year A. a All of, these parables, healing encounters, you know. Yeah. Let me see. That, that, <laughs> the summer. <laughs> Matthew the, through about August was just fine. <laughs> the feeding miracles. Yeah. Right? Um, but the parables of judgment at the end here with him are, have been tough. And like, okay, so there's the Shema. Great. Yeah. Like uh, to love your neighbors yourself, yes. And I guess always worth saying, yes, you do have to love yourself. Uh, but it's not like you learn to love yourself and then you apply that as if it were a strategy outward to love the neighbors the way you love yourself. It's pointing toward uh, an inextricable oneness. Shared connection, beloved community, uh, with all neighbors, human and non-human. Mm-hmm. Kid and I mean, it's you could say you shall see your neighbor as yourself. Like you mm-hmm. won't be able uh, to understand yourself apart from all of your all of your neighbors. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that then, comes out of loving the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind. But like I just I don't want to be so oppositional, but I so <laughs> go ahead deal with it. Um, so where's the let yourself be loved into loving God in there? This is actually the only time that Jesus ever tells us to love God no, when quoting the Shema. No, I know because he actually. Doesn't tell us to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But where does that love for God come from? It wells up in us. From it's given. God. Yeah. Right. I'm just yeah. so like I know it's what Jesus says, but like it's not supposed to be read by itself. People wag, walk around with sticks sure. and. Love the Lord your God. Oh, sure. Just effort. All your heart. All your soul. All your mind. Is that? Yeah. Oh. Ah. I don't think you understand how unhinged like right. most Christianity is and how off the rails it is. Like, mm. um, because what happens if you like? What happens? Okay, so like you don't have the right feeling in your heart, right? Uh, your child died of cancer so, sure and you're sad but you're told to rejoice I say rejoice mm. but you feel heartbroken um, you can't stop crying uh, you can't rejoice because mm-hmm. you're just sad mm-hmm. and therefore um, you're not loving God with all sure. your heart and all Faithless your soul failure. and all your mind I mean, there's a reason why the main line has nobody in attendance, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. 
For so, real. Yeah. No, yes. you gotta you gotta like figure out like so what's the bad story these people are telling that got us here? And I think a lot of it is that junk. That depends on you, that depends on how you feel. Depends on what your circumstances, your inner state. Uh-huh. Faith and is something you cook up, hope is something you cook up. Well, and that loving God like is like having the right thoughts in your head. Uh. Um, yeah, feeling a certain yeah. way, keeping a smile on your face, being chipper, upbeat. Back to RB, right? <laughs> Ruth Burroughs. She points out, this is the only place where Jesus says to love God, and everywhere else it's... <laughs> to love our neighbors, uh, to serve our neighbors, and as Jesus does, to receive the love of God. <coughs> so, heartbroken, crying, empty, nothing to show for it. Yeah, that can be a perfect expression of trust. Just be that, give that. That's the whole offering. Is the week after this the widow's mite? Or? I don't know. Yeah. Is it? Well, it's coming Is up. Is it coming up? Real fast. Yeah. I used to jokingly refer to it as the widow's pledge card because it always comes up in stewardship <laughs> yeah. season. But. So what's the significance of this being the only place that Jesus says this in Ruth Burroughs' mind, in your mind? Like, why uh, do you keep saying that? Because... She's saying, we don't have to love God. That's not something we can do. God loves us. Let okay. God love you. <laughs> oh, so you're and saying this is the only The only place where that. Jesus says love God is when he's quoting this Jewish prayer, this tradition. Okay. Multiple times a day. Yes, 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 These yes, are yes, yes. words of, <laughs> of scripture that are on his lips. But he's not saying, go love God. It's let God love you. Okay. Nice. Now I see what you're getting at. Okay. So it is let God love you. Yeah. It has to be. Well, yeah, that's why I didn't know what the hell you were saying. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but now I get it. Yeah, so... But we take this as the whole meal. Yeah. You better love God. back to Leviticus where all of the things mm -hmm. that we might do descriptions of the right, life right. rooted by the stream are kind of guaranteed by that I am the Lord yeah <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. yeah set me as a seal upon your heart Wandering episode. Though. Indeed. You have anything to say about the Lord said to my Lord said to my right hand? No. Me either. It's not easy. No, it's this not. This is not an easy. Yeah. I mean, there's something about kingship, perceived greatness, missing the point. What is the Messiah? Yeah. It's kind of old hat, though, isn't it? I don't know, I just felt like, you haven't pre after you've preached it, like, because I'm, this is my third year through yeah. it all, again. Yeah. And, like, 
I think that's part of like I'm getting just a little weary of like the lectionary chopping things up the same uh-huh. set each time and hearing it freshly each time too like because you kind of come to know what you think and mm-hmm. you're all, you're hearing in advance yeah what the living and boxing up what the living world right. is trying to say yeah that is really a discipline of. <laughs> Preaching. That's why I, I kind Alexio of, really just like yeah. as if I've never heard it before. That's why I embrace the wanderingness sometimes yeah. and like the digressions because you never quite know when. I mean, I think that's part of like being willing to get lost and go mm-hmm. off track. You know, Holly, I have a bumper sticker. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> What's your bumper sticker Not say? All who wander are lost. Oh yeah, she get that tattooed. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everyone. See ya.